It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Hey, now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Welcome in, everyone. As we record this podcast, Mike, we are just, now we're recording a little bit earlier, but just days away from the season tipping off, and we will get our first look at all these teams and players we've been writing about and talking about. Uh, had our first big, I guess, since the season started with practice, we had our first big news story of the season with the commitment of Ty Rogers of Thornton of Illinois. Um so it's, it's, we're getting close, you know, by the time, Mike, I don't know when you're putting this up. This will be out, uh, Tuesday, the first day, Tuesday. I guess so maybe we'll have, Monday, yeah, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. We'll have, uh, either the games are tipping off or a couple games under our belt. But today, again, we're stick, sticking to preview, uh, as the season gets started here. We're going to use one of our regular segments from the past several years. Mike, you tweeted or did you tweet that this is the eighth year of the podcast? Yeah, I went back and did some research. <laughs> eight, this is year eight, yeah. Wow, I would have guessed five or six, but wow, eight years. Okay, uh, I don't know how many years we've been doing our two takes, but we've been doing it for a few years, and we're going to use that that segment and maximize it a little bit on this preview edition of No Shot Clock and have several categories where we both have two takes. We'll each provide two Two takes on a few different categories, which will set you up when we get to that point. But um, I don't know, Mike. We I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I, I last the first podcast, I felt like it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this one, we're days away from actually going to a gym and a season that matters. I even I listen to. I usually don't listen to our own podcast. Oh. Uh, since I, we did it, I don't go back and yeah, listen. I'm forced but I, to because I have to do I, it. Yeah, yeah, so I did, and I caught myself. Um, you didn't catch me during the podcast say it, but I can't remember. I think it was Glenbard West referring to that a, a pretty favorable road to Peoria. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you know we're we don't know what that we, is. We, yeah. <laughs> so God, I was even talking with um. Well, no, I'm I meant Champagne. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. I, see, I, I didn't catch it again. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We, I guess we got it. You know, I've, I've mentioned champagne a lot over the last two weeks. So I feel like that's in my head, but no, I didn't. When you said yeah. road to Peoria, I didn't. Yeah. 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 I was more thinking, I mean, I was, I was talking with Terrence Slaughter about this. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. Every three A's changed so much. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could see young go West with Glenbard West in a sectional. <laughs> that would suck <laughs> yeah nobody wants i mean yeah it's just i think that's something we'll, we'll talk about that a lot more or you know in a couple yeah, months but right. yeah we have no idea what because everything has really changed we have no idea what's what's ahead of us on the road to champagne but you know joe i'm gonna break with our schedule here we, we did so well come to what we we're gonna talk about but we need to talk about ty rogers to illinois you know you mentioned that um yeah. i guess i've Obviously seen him, what, once? I watched him on TV, watched him in the Peach Jam final. <laughs> uh, you've seen yeah. him a ton, but would it be crazy to mention, you know, Roger Powell? Uh, 
I mean, from an intangible perspective, maybe. Um, but yeah, in position, I mean, Roger was a, I, I think there's this misnomer of, of who he is as far as being a more of a perimeter guy than he really is. And Roger was more of a three, four, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at Illinois. And I, I, I think that's what Ty is going to be. But yeah, I, I, I seen a, t- I, I watched a ton of them with, with mean streets and he's just a player who, you know, I've talked about this before. Sometimes you see out-of-state players, you almost like them more than your in-state players because you don't see them as much. But then I kept seeing him more and more and more. And man, I just loved how he played. And you know, he's he's got to find he's got to fine-tune some things with a shot. And but he is always competing. He's always getting on the glass and 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 diving and using his athleticism to his advantage and uh, playing with toughness and his whole winning mentality and. That's why you know, those are the kind of players you win with, and that's why Illinois should be excited. They are excited about it. They should be excited about who they beat to get them, how it kind of went down to the wire, all of that. That you know sometimes hasn't gone Illinois' way. Uh, I can't remember the last commitment that went right down to the wire. When, when did Io commit? Is he is he right down the? Although everybody thought he was going to Illinois, but yeah, I, I just think. Um, he is just the the exact type of player you win with in college, and he's going to be a fun player to watch this one season at Thornton. Jeez, how could you forget the Io Dusumu commitment day? That was a headache. It was signing day. Remember oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's one to remember <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Not but I just, yeah. I mean, I, I I guess it was a foregone. Clue. Everybody knew he was going to yeah. Illinois. So, um, I remember you writing about Ty Rogers maybe early spring. Like in the middle yeah. of something, just because you wanted to. He wasn't a little right. kid. Yeah, and yeah. once in a while I'd do that. Just yeah. guys that grab your attention and that you really appreciate and like. And that's – he just did whatever that Mean Streets team needed him to do. And how he did it, you know, he, he plays with athleticism and kind of a, a ferociousness that, that you will like. And um, it'll be interesting just to see, you know, because I, I don't think Thornton is overly – there's a lot of unknowns with Thornton. I don't think they. I don't think they, well they wouldn't have been a top 25 team if if he had not arrived. So it kind of shows you that it's not a loaded uh, group of players there in Harvey. But he he elevates them I've very been, quickly. Uh, I've been out at practice every day for about a week. There are all kinds of rumors about who's at Thornton. I have not, you know, Ty hasn't mentioned anything, and he didn't say anything in his preview stuff. But there's talk, um, out of state kids. Who knows <laughs> if, how that'll go? But it's possible there's other stuff there we don't know about. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So you ready to jump into this, Joe? Yeah, we're gonna, you know, uh, do some these categories and, and and you know the two team. We're gonna each break down two two teams that weren't in, the, in your top twenty five and that we kind of really believe that. Well, most likely maybe even crack it or um, be a presence throughout the year. Then we're going to talk about two seniors that we think are set to blossom over the course of their final high school season. Then we're going to go a couple breakout underclassmen and then two storylines to, to watch and to see to, as they develop over the course of the year. So we'll start with the two teams, Mike, and go ahead. Let's You get started. Nobody is going to be surprised at where I'm going here. And <laughs> Joe knows the way he's chosen. And I wasn't going to do this, but, you know, I put the rankings out online today, and there's some Hillcrest people that are upset about where I've got them. You know, they don't like being below Tinley Park, which makes sense since they've 
basically owned them for decades. But if Hillcrest fans would like to remember, two years ago when Hillcrest had a team loaded with all kinds of D1 talent, bunch of sophomores and backups from Joliet whooped their butts. <laughs> and those kids didn't make the rankings <laughs> at all, uh, the Super 25. Joliet West is, I think they are nearing... I don't know what the proper term is for this, but a program that starts to get a lot more credit, even when you don't know everything about them. Like, take, look at DePaul Prep, what they are, Brother Rice. I think Joliet West is on its way. Um, two kids who featured in that game against Hillcrest, who beat, you know, Bucky Irving and his group, is Skylar Crudup. You know, he's a 6'1 senior. And Jaden Martin, he's a 6'1 junior. Neither one of these guys are on everybody's college radar or everything, but they're tough. And they're really good high school basketball players, and it's going to be their team this year. And then they've got the X Factor, Jeremiah Fears. He's a freshman. He's the son of Jeremy Fears, the younger brother of Jeremy Fears Jr. It's like a George Foreman thing going on <laughs> over in the uh, in the Fears household. And Jeremiah Fears is, you know, I saw him at RB. He's already ahead of where his brother was at this point. Now, I don't know if he's going to, I don't think, who knows? It doesn't look like he's going to grow, maybe, as much as Jeremy Fears Jr. did. But he is more capable right now as a scorer and kind of a dominant high school guard force than Jeremy Fears Jr. was at this point. And we saw what happened with that Joliet team full of, you know, a lot of good players, and you added that point guard to the mix. So I think this Joliet West team, it's going to take a while, I think. But by Pontiac, I think they're going to be a real force to reckon with. And, and I think knocking on wood, hoping that Jeremy Krieger really has this team and this program on their way to being a, when you look at every year, when you sit down to do the super 25. I think Jeremy Krieger's just instilled a little juice into the program. Uh, he is, he's, he's into it. He is, I, I think, uh, been a big factor in that rise of, of, of that, you know, to kind of get back, you know, not that they just completely disappeared, but just, they needed a little rejuvenation. I think he's really given it to them a little pop. So, no doubt, yeah. Um, you know, my, my first team is, is basically, uh, a regular, uh, that is around every year winning 20, 25 games every single year. Uh, but they're not in the rankings. And, you know, I, I, Mike and I talked about how difficult the rankings are this year because of not having seen so many teams last year play a season and even the summer being a little, not quite the same. So, it's difficult. Now, Bennett Academy is Bennett's my team that I'm going to talk about because I, I think they're the best team that's not in your top 25. If I was doing my old, I, I just, I've got a lot of people that have asked me if I'm doing my top yeah. 80, 85. Um, no, I'm not. Um, trying to crank out a whole bunch of other material to highlight teams and players in different ways. Uh, it was just a little too cumbersome under the circumstances. So I, but Bennett would have been in my top 20, top 20 teams. I, I, I just, Obviously, Gene Heitkamp just, they reload. Uh, I, I think they're probably maybe a year away from being really, really, really good. But they, they do have one starter back in Brennan White at guard. They got a couple of juniors. I think Nico, uh, Abuara, Aburara is going to be one of the, you know, a breakout player in that junior class. He's a 6'4 wing. Uh, Brady Kunkka got some experience last year, you know, Parker Solovar, the, their big six five, six six physical sophomore, played last year's a freshman. Uh, Brady Heckman's a senior. So they, this is a team with a bunch of pieces that can shoot 
and you just fully expect them to play the Bennett way. Uh, and then you talked about an X factor for, for, uh, Joy West. There's a big X factor at Bennett. Uh, that's Kyle Thomas. You know, he looks the part, six, nine, can run, jump. He was a very high profile player early in his career. You know, there's been some road bumps and, and, you know, he's at Bennett and if he can adapt to how Bennett plays, which is no small task for a new newcomer, it's particularly a senior to adjust and, and, and get in line with the expectations that are at Bennett. He's going to have to do that. But if he does, you know, that's, that's a big, huge different potential difference maker. When you're six, nine with that kind of athleticism size and can run the floor, he can just go get you 12, 13 and seven, not by accident, but just by using his athleticism and, and getting after it and doing the things, little things that can get you that. So I, I think Bennett is, you know, Bennett and Marion Catholic are going to be the top two teams in that East Suburban Catholic Conference. And I, I believe Bennett will be in Mike's top 25 sooner than later and probably stay there all year long. I think they're just going to get better and better. Half court defense will be, can they become the, like the past Bennett teams? that gritty defensively uh, on that end. But I have no doubt when you got one of the best coaches in the, in the game. Yeah, pretty safe bet that Bennett will be in and soon. Um, going to be fun at Pontiac to see them. My uh, The team that I think is the best, now not in my rankings, and the team that was in my rankings for, boy, probably 90% of the time they existed on a piece of paper, just got cut <laughs> at the last minute, is Riverside Brookfield. They were 11 and 2 last year. Uh, Mike Ryan Gruber has six players back that started multiple games last year, including their four leading scorers. I mean, the numbers kind of do the talking here. JP Hanley, a senior, he averaged 16 and 6, shot 46% from three. Jovan McCautry, 6'3 senior, averaged 14, he shot 42% from three. Joel Gilhooley, 6'3 senior, averaged 8 and 6, he shot 40% from three. They've got another senior, Corey Baker, and then a Really possible breakout sophomore point guard, Will Gonzalez. He's 6'4". Um, he's got a nice feel for the game. You know, It's the deepest team Mike Ryan Gruber has ever had, he says. Six of the seniors have played together since fourth grade. It's got all the kind of combinations you look for in a team that's going to have a really nice year. Just don't have maybe the superstar that would have gotten him in, definitely to the Super 25. And they're going to start things off tough. The RB Thanksgiving tournament is probably the best one, right, in the area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Riverside Brookfield will be your, they'll be in your rankings. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be pretty balanced. Uh, they're going to score. The question will be, can they get enough stops against, you know, elite teams? And if they can do that, uh, they will just continue to climb in your rankings. And, uh, that's a good call because I, that there's a chemistry there too. I think, uh, they showed, they looked apart in, in the summertime as well. You know, I'm, I'm doing a 180 from the, the team that, everybody's very familiar with and Bennett to a team really nobody knows much about. And that's Burlington central, you know, Burlington central is an unknown for you know, without an identity uh, to a degree for various reasons. Geographically, they're not, you know, uh, a near suburb by any means. Uh, they've jumped around conferences. I think they've been in three conferences in the past 10 years. Uh, they, Surprisingly to some, when I did that, um, when I did the uh, most win the winningest teams of the decade during our COVID lull, 
I, I, they were top 30 for sure in total wins, if not top 25. So they've won a lot of games. And last year they went 16 and one. You know, there's been some really good teams at the top, you know, I, and I'm at the very top of the Fox Valley Conference over the years that kind of put together, you know, we, the first one you think about is Jacobs with the Crutwig teams. But, uh, you know, I, I think this team has the potential to be one of those elite Fox Valley Conference teams that isn't going to get a lot of pub or fanfare early on. Uh, but with all, they have four double figure scores back that have all been on varsity for three, four years. Gar, Gar, uh, Gavin Sarvis was their leading scorer, six foot two guard. Carson Seiler is, you know, 11 points a game. Sarvis about 14, 15 a game. Uh, Zach Schmidt's another one. He averaged about 10. And then Nick Carpenter, uh, is a double figure scorer. He averaged 10, 11 a game. And then keep an eye on a junior. His name's, Andrew Sharnowski, a complete unknown, who looks the part of a prospect. He, he's still a little raw, coming along, but he gives them a lot of size. He's got upside that he's going to get better over the course of the year. So I, I, I would anticipate Burlington Central, you know, cruising to a degree in that league and piling up 25, 29. Their, their schedule's not real daunting. Uh, but they have got, you know, I talked about Riverside Brookfield's chemistry, same, same deal there. These kids have been playing together. Uh, they got continuity with this group. So I, and it's senior dominated. So I, I think Burlington Central is, you know, it might take them some time, uh, you know, as they pile up those wins and against maybe not the, the strongest uh, schedule, but they're going to be heard from and they're going to need to be recognized. That's fun. Yeah, you like it when we get some new faces, and you're right about. I remember the uh, the win total they posted over the last whatever. I'm checking Burlington Central's uh, schedule right now. Have you looked at it at all? Did they? Um... I have not. Um, I wonder if they're coming. Yeah. I just uh, let's see. Yeah. We about got it here, folks. Don't worry, the internet's great. Um, <laughs> typical. Um, oh, they play. No, they're at Rolling Meadows. Oh, okay. On uh, December 11th. All right, that might be a game to be at. That's and I think Huntley's got some players, right? Yeah, this yeah. season that they're they're there on the seventeenth. Those are back to back games for them, big ones, <laughs> I guess. December eleventh is on a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday at five thirty, so it's an early Saturday one. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a program that's like I said, they've won a ton of games. Yeah. I they've never won a sectional championship. Um, you know, and I'm just, I, I wrote about this, um, looking it back up. They've averaged 26 wins a year, 16, 17, 18, for over a five year period. Um, and then went 16 and one last year. So they've only got 10 regional titles in 55 years. So, you know, not a lot of, not a lot of basketball success aside from that win total here. So, and there's a chance for them to do, to, to do just that. I didn't realize they've been around 55 years. I thought they were newer than that. I guess maybe they yeah. just finally moved conference wise into our world. Yeah. More recently. And then they, and they bounced around in conferences. So, uh, we'll get to about two seniors, two seniors that, um, you know, I, they, they may be familiar in their immediate area. Uh, but I, I think they're, we're, we're looking at some guys that a couple of players who are ready to kind of become a little bit more household names and, Starting right here on the on the old no, no shot clock. Yeah, I guess my guys. I'll start with 
aren't super unknown, especially if you listen to No Shot Clock. I just think they're going to go up a level. Um, the first guy we talked about an awful lot last year, um, Tamaris Brown from St. Patrick. And then he kind of, he receded over the spring and summer. I think he had an injury maybe. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I what, what I saw out of him last season in a high level against high level competition was really impressive. What I especially liked about him was he isn't the guy that scored 10 points in the, uh, first quarter. And then, you know, had another two in the second quarter and, couple baskets and all of a sudden he's the team's leading scorer with 16 or 18 but then you didn't hear from him in the second half he's a closer he's a guy who at the end had the ball in his hand and was taking and hitting the big shots i was really impressed with him in that chipotle classic um especially and so i think now that you know st patrick last year had that senior group and he just wasn't a part of it you know he was the extra guy that was very talented but he wasn't part of their group it's his team now and I think that's going to lead to some massive numbers. You know, he does have some nice pieces around him, good point guard, some other stuff. So I think it's going to be a big – St. Patrick's not going to be as good as they were last year, but it's going to be a headline year, I think, for Tamaris Brown. I think St. Pat's going to be a little bit of a uh, – play that sleeper role pretty well. Uh, Tamaris, you know, the big physical athletic, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and, you know, he had impress, really impressive numbers as, as a sophomore. And I thought, to to your point of – you know, taking a little bit of a backseat to some of those seniors last year. So yeah, I, I expect him to be a very highly productive player. My first one is a fun player, Yogi Olaf, uh, Niles North. And, you know, for a kid who has done as much as he's done, he's about to surpass a thousand career, or he will surpass a thousand career points, even with the shortened season a year ago. So it's not as if he hasn't been producing and doing things, but he, anybody who hasn't watched him play, he's a, he is uh, the epitome of what a point guard is. He he's got a little flash and sizzle to his game. He's he, he's makes people around him better. Really sees the floor. Six one point guard who I think has been a little overlooked in the recruiting front. Uh, fantastic student academically. A couple of Ivies are keeping tabs on him. Uh, I just don't. He hasn't been real familiar in, in the grand scheme of things in high school basketball, but. He, he has been a big time producer and I think he's going to continue and, and really break out, become more of a name in high school basketball as this is his team as a senior at Niles North. Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. And Niles North, they're uh, always bringing those, you know, smallish seniors who come out and make a name for themselves during the season. It's going to be fun to get a chance to uh, check them out this year. Have you, have you seen much of him? Yogi? No, no, not at yeah. all. Um, he, he is just a lot of fun. He's a fun, he's just natural, smooth player. Yeah, that's part of my problem this year. The preview was rough, especially with the juniors. Most of the seniors I'd seen, but yeah, the juniors, ugh, it was rough for me. Um, my uh, second guy, it's kind of like Tamaris Brown, another name you'll know, but I think is very underappreciated, and that's A.J. Red at St. Ignatius. Um I've been kind of beating the drum on him for a while. He was on my all-city team, but I didn't realize until I went out there to practice. Um, I met Monroe told me he's going to finish, despite the super short season last year, he's going to have a 1,000 points, and I tweeted this out earlier in the week. He's going to be St. Ignatius' all-time leader in steals, rebounds, and assists, and be a 1,000-point scorer. And I think most importantly, if you look at the top five teams, you know, you know who their guy is, and he's gotten a lot of attention. AJ Red is St. Ignatius's guy. You know, they might have players with bigger college futures, but he's the leader. He's the one they look to. He's the one that makes things happen. And I think that's going to mean an awful lot this year because I think in 
great things are going to happen with this San Ignatius team. And Red is the leader of that group. And I'm not sure he's getting kind of enough credit for that overall. Yeah, I mean, you, both of your guys are complete stat sheet stuffing players. I mean, I, uh, Tamaris and AJ, um, as proven by what you just said with where he is on those, on those totals for St. Ignatius. So, um, my player is a pretty much an unknown. Uh, my next kid who, who I think is really a dynamic scorer and, and that's what's going to grab people's attention. That's Toby Anyakanwu. Uh, he is a, a six foot guard. He is at Joliet West. So Mike will get to enjoy, uh, watching Joliet West at Pontiac. I don't know if you'll see them before Pontiac, but I will see them uh, in Washington, Illinois at the tournament of oh, champions. That, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to, to that backcourt with fears and Anya Kanru. And I'm 96% sure I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, yeah, but well done. Uh, he's, he's bounced around, transferred here, there. He's landed on his feet here at Joliet West for one big go at it. And I saw enough of him, you know, in the summer with some other teams. Uh, he did not, you know, play with Joliet West at RB. Um, he was with Plainfield East. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, so. The reason I, I he, he's just an exciting scorer. I mean, he he is a dynamic scorer. He he is capable of taking over games. He's um he's got terrific range. He gets on a heater and he he can go off. And you know, with how Juliet West plays too, he's gonna. I, I think he'll have some some monster games. And uh, that backcourt again will be a fun one to watch. Ah, that's exciting. This this is almost making me feel better. I watched, oh, okay, full disclosure, I almost went to La Lumiere last night. <laughs> the, they were hosting Minnesota Prep. And it was funny, I think Brad Underwood said he was headed out there. I'm um, not sure if he actually went or not. But then I, I don't know, I got, then I changed my mind. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do it. But um, then I watched um, he the highlights. You know, I think it was Ball is Life had Jeremy Thiers Jr. highlights. They beat uh, the Minnesota Prep to school pretty bad. And oh, man. It was dis- it was disgusting how good Jimmy Pierce Jr. is. Well, just how much fun would it be <sighs> if he was playing at Joliet West? And not, not because you're a Joliet West guy. I'm just mean for high school basketball. I, I, I get everybody's doing this prep school thing, but man, it's just so blah and bland of, I, I have, I, I, we can go down that to the whole other topic, but. I don't know, just to be able to get back at it here in this season and being able to play for something and have people genuinely excited. Uh, that whole town would have been amped up. I, I don't know. We I just had two other players too. <laughs> from yeah. And, I, and, and, and they would have been playing in even more high profile events. And I don't know. It's, it's just really disappointing what, what that's done to, to high school basketball. Not to, yeah. I'm supposed to be excited, but I'm excited, but that's, yeah, my, that's my one downer. He was so polished in <laughs> these highlights. It was tough, tough to look at. But anyway, how do you, how do you shoot? How do you shoot it? He hit one turn. I didn't see any stats, but he hit a turnaround, almost no look three pointer that was on the highlights. It was, it was wild. Um, but he's doing little touch passes. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was a highlight reel. Okay. It was a ball is life highlight reel. <laughs> right. But, but I mean, it was just off one game. 
and there was plenty there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, yeah. I feel like I'm going to wind up seeing them at some point. I'm going to have to just out of raw curiosity. I think they play some local teams, so that would be my they, excuse. I think they play Bennett. They were supposed to play Glenbard West. I don't believe that stayed on the schedule. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, I looked at their schedule maybe a month ago, and there were some local games. But all right, yeah. next uh, that, that we did both did two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up, two breakout underclassmen, juniors or sophomores that we think everyone's going to get very familiar with this season. Um, I'm going to say, Joe, this was tough for me because, like I said, I just you know you went around and saw everybody all spring and summer. You know, I've not seen these kids as much as I normally would, nowhere near as much as I normally would have. So it was a little tougher. So I had to kind of mm-hmm. bank on what I did see last year. And, and one kid I did see last year a couple times and uh, raved about him. Uh, we've, I think we spoke about him last podcast. Carlos Harris from Curie. I mean, he just, he's already got, you know, the body you'd need to almost to be a college guard. Didn't look anything like a freshman last season. Had a lot of impact moments in big games. Was really good against Simeon. I mean, he just, he ticked every box for me. I think he's going to be a star. Yeah, the last look I got was uh, of Carlos Harris was at the Pangos uh, event in October, and you know he's got he plays a little bit of a phys- physicality. He gets downhill. Uh, his perimeter jumper, mid range is both getting better. So yeah, I mean, I, and he's going to be a huge uh, key to Curie's success. Obviously, um, you know my my I'm gonna, I got two names. One probably no one's heard of. And another one who's become a pretty big name, and I'll start with that one because he actually has an Illinois offer, so it's not like he's uh, an unknown. But Nojus, another tough last name, uh, but Nojus Indrusitis, and he's at Lamont. He burst on the scene with a big freshman year. He's a six foot four. Uh, he, this is a star we're talking about, you know. He and it's just a matter of everybody getting to see him playing at Lamont, which won't be the easiest thing to do uh, because, you know, they're not in, you know, some of the bigger tournaments or shootouts. And I think they will going forward because they have a really nice young nucleus in that, in that uh, junior and sophomore class. So they're going to get better and better, but he's a high major who no one at a place that, you know, truthfully has not produced high majors ever. Uh, so, you know, I, I just think that he is going to become a, you know, he's going to be a 20 plus point scorer is my guess and, and just really become a, a big name in high school basketball over the course of his sophomore season, uh, this, this winter. There is not a player in the whole state I am more excited to see. It was driving me nuts last season because I was reading everything about him. Uh, the Southtown, I think, had a couple stories on him. I just, I couldn't get there. You know, there, it just, the way it worked out, there was no way I could see him. I think the one night I was supposed to go, I don't know if they had to cancel for COVID or it was snow. It was an, uh, I am dying <laughs> to get a look at him. Can't wait. I've already kind of combed through their schedule. Their opening game is actually against uh, Bradley Bourbonnet and Owen Freeman. Um, on... The 22nd, yeah, which is Monday, right? Um, and where's that at? Uh, the WJOL tournament. So either St. Francis or probably St. Francis, not Juco, Jolly Junior College. But yeah, um, but that's a good one. Um, I'm probably not going to make that. I, I'm still considering it because um, I'm really excited to see him. The other, there because there isn't a ton, like Joe mentioned, on the schedule that really stands out at you. However, they're going to be at York. 
So that's going to be a, a huge platform for him and for Lamont in general. And their conference is, is pretty good this year. They got obviously Lamont, Hillcrest, uh, Timley Park and Oak Forest, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, those are four. You got Robbie Avila. You got, I mean, that, that's, it's a, that's a nice group mix there in, in a wide open league that Hillcrest has obviously dominated for years. Yeah. There's definitely players to see in every, on every team in that league, which is fun. Um, my second guy, you know, I mentioned this is hard for, you know, a lot of us know this guy, but maybe I'm overestimating Daniel Johnson at Fenwick. Or sorry, <laughs> he young. started. He's yeah. a young now. You know, he was a kid who just sparkled in some runs I saw last year. You know, uh, coming off the bench basically. You know, for Whitney Young, he'd be their best player for a quarter or two. And Tyrone Slaughter and the coaches at Whitney Young were raving about him when I was over there a couple nights ago. Um, you know, Julian Kenner said he's one of the best shooters he's ever had. You know, I, I think this kid might be way better than I even realized. I think big things are going to come for him and he might be a big part. If young is going to be the team that goes and win state. And if they're going to be Glenn bird West, his emergence as a real star could be one of the reasons. Well, he brings a dimension. He he is a knockdown shooter. He's got that size. He gets a shot off six, five, six, six, and uh, he's got a very good basketball body. He can get a little done around the basket. I mean, if Daniel Johnson, I mean, he's already a Division One prospect with Division One offers, likely a headed, you know, his floor is probably a mid-major. If he can get more comfortable handling the basketball and, and become a threat off the bounce, then you're talking a whole different uh, beast of a player in terms of offensive game because he's already uh, a knockdown shooter and, he, and he's got some physical attributes that, that jump out at you. So it's just a matter now, just getting more comfortable with that, with the handle. Um, yeah, I, I, I was torn between two kids in the North shore and there are the North suburbs. And, you know, I, I was first going to go with Jake Fegan at new Trier who had he averaged 13, 14, I think a game for new Trier last year. And, uh, I stayed in the same league and Fegan is, is, he is going to be a breakout player. I mean, he is new is loaded and now I'm trying to squeeze an extra guy in, I guess. <laughs> uh, and, and he's one of the most elite shooters in Illinois. He's going to go, he's going to go off for some big games for new but I was going for a, a, a more of an unknown, just completely off the radar and Ryan Cohen of, of Glenbrook North. And I, I, he's got to be the young the youngest player who put up the most numbers that no one has talked about uh he you know where Fegan is just this elite elite shooter Ryan Cohen is more of a you know a little bit more of a, a diverse score and he averaged 1920 a game last year and I know it was shortened season but you know we're talking some big games out of this 6162 guard uh, at a place that obviously Glenbrook North has had their fair share of great guards, but not in a while. Uh, he's got a chance to, to emerge here as a legit college scholarship prospect and, and become, you know, obviously he's already a 20 point per game score, just become a little bit more familiar with, with, you know, in, in, in conversations like this. That's exciting, man. I haven't been to the Glen, the Glenbrook North gym used to be like a, Super regular stop, you know, for many, many years. I can't tell you the last time I was there. It's been mm -hmm. a decade. Has it been a decade? I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's wild. Um, 
All right, we're uh, moving on here. This is a fun one. This is my favorite um, of our two-take segments. Um, two storylines that we are looking forward to following this season, two things we think might develop. I'm going to start it off with one I'm really excited about, Beecher. Does anybody know where does anybody know where Beecher is? <laughs> Isn't that near Kankakee? Yeah, it, it's out there. Um, you know, I do the um. You, you just said Beecher. I still don't even know where you're going with the storyline. Nice. Wow. See, look at this. This is great. My players might have been lame, but I got a good storyline. Um, I ask for the Twitter previews. You know, I get them for all over the state. Coaches send stuff. They're great. Um. Oh, is this one of your adopt a team? Yeah, I think like, Beecher might be the team uh, this year. Um, Tyler, you like that area. Wasn't Dwight a team? Dwight was a team once. Well, that, they just came out of nowhere because, you know, what was his name? Fox? Uh, oh. Yeah, the Fox Watch. Yeah, uh, Fox Watch. Yeah, we're going to be watching. Be- Moments has been down there, too. Um, but, yeah, Beecher, um, Tyler Shireman is the coach. This is his eighth year. And he took the time to send me a pretty detailed email because he thinks it's going to be special. He says the best team he's had in his eight years. And their goals, first of all, Beecher has never, wait, hold on, I got this down here. I'm pretty sure he said they've never won a, re, yeah, oh, they have one regional title ever <laughs> in their hit program history, which has got to be what, more than 60 years probably. Uh, he says this is the best team he's had in the eight years. Their goals for this season is the first outright conference title in 20 years and the school record of 22 wins. He says both are within reach. All right, I got Beecher questions. <laughs> How exciting what, is that? What, what league are they in? Do we know? Oh, no, I'd have to... Uh, the Come on. Valley? I didn't... Um... Uh, two, what class are they in? HSB ball. I got to go to Jack Leeson's site to do, uh, do my Beecher. 355 students. They're in the River Valley. Yeah, that was, was going to be my guess, but I didn't know. Yeah, they are. They were 8-1 and one last year. Um, Five bucks if you named their, if you got their nickname. Ooh, I was just on the school site. I should have had it. Um, it's uh, Bobcats or something? Oh, I owe you five bucks. Five, it, it is. They are, they are, I wasn't the, sure. <laughs> yeah. The Bobcats, the black and orange. Um, yeah, Beecher. I, I got players. I got players. Okay. It looks like they opened in 74. Oh, so later than I would have thought. Oh, so. no. That's just forget it. I'm way off. Yeah. They, I mean, it's a town, so they have to have had way a school off. for a long time. Boys basketball records um, go back to 1949. They have... Uh, Dwayne Doss. He's not big. 5'9", senior guard. He's a four-year starter. He's averaged 20 points each of the last two years. That That's a lot, <laughs> and, um, especially in our current landscape. 20 is a sophomore, 19.2 last season. Mitch Landis is the other guard. He's a senior, 5'10", three-year starter. Then they've got a 5'11", sophomore that started last year as a freshman, Aiden McGinley. All three were their best players last year. And they led in assists and rebounds and scoring. So they got everything back. And then they've got the addition that they needed. 6'5", junior center, Rio Lamas. The much-needed big man to come in and play with the three good guards. So everything is set for the Beecher Bobcats. We're going to follow them all season. It looks like the win total they're shooting for is 22 wins. Yes. With the great Eldon Eldon Hodgett teams of the late 60s. So yeah, it's it's beach your time. We're gonna. I mean, it, it's fun. I love it. I got a lot of good previews this year, but that was definitely the best one. Uh, but huh. beach was in Will County. I mean, I remember the Herald News putting their scores in um, in the day. All right, all right. Jump on the bandwagon. Um, 
I forgot. What I, oh, I forgot my storyline. <laughs> story so wrapped up in the future. Isn't it fun? Uh, I mean, this is what we missed. Last yeah, we're year. gonna go. Yeah, okay. My that's what it was. My, we're gonna go from the unknown Beecher to the well known and storyline, which is a little blah because we've talked a lot about him as the preseason number one. But one of my storylines, and, and the reason I brought it up is because of something you wrote, Mike. Um, just how it's not very common that a a particularly an unknown non-basketball tradition school is preseason number one. So Glenbard West to me is a great storyline to follow. Simply, how do they handle it? How do they manage the expectations? Uh, they, how do they handle? I mean, they could have very easily rolled out their traditional schedule from five, six, ten years ago. And went twenty eight and zero, or thirty and zero, or thirty one and zero, or you know they didn't do that. They 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 are built for this year, and they went out. So I expect them to have losses. I don't expect them to run the table. They could, but with the schedule they're playing, I, I expect a loss or two. So how do they respond to that? How do they how do they respond to the hype if they do run the table and, and get to twenty and zero? How do they respond to that when having not done any of this? So watching how they kind of carry themselves and react to to being number one to me is going to be, you know, a, a fun storyline because I'm always into and I, I joke about Beecher, but I, I love that kind of stuff. I love new new blood in, in the hierarchy of high school basketball, and Glenbard West is that team. So you know, you mentioned I can't remember off the top of my head how many how rare it is, but it's not very common uh, for a, a school like this to be preseason number one. So I think that's going to be a fun story to line to watch. Yeah, I went through in my, I think this is my 20th year doing the rankings. It's been, it was Bloom in um, just a couple years ago. So that wasn't super rare. But then, then you know, before Bloom, you go back to Jalen Brunson one year and John Shire in Glenbrook North one year, and that's it. And all three of those have had some kind of very, I mean, even before Brunson, Stevenson had won a state trophy. Uh, Bloom has a long history. Uh, what's the other one you said? Glenbrook uh, North, they'd won the state I, title the year before. Yeah, and <laughs> so, and, and yeah. plus they had you know Chris Collins years yeah. before that. So, yeah, this is just a different, um, just a completely different preseason number one than we've ever had, which I think is going to be a fun story to watch. It gets. Um, I was trying to come up with the West Suburban Public School. To be number one, and it, you know, I, I couldn't go back Provisor, far enough. Proviso East. Yeah, it would have to be them or West Aurora. I assumed, right? They had that loaded team yeah. that year. The uh, Pruitt, Sarasoli. Yeah. yeah, they they may have been. But has there been? Any, but that's really close. You know, that's you know, Collar County. I mean, going as far out as I mean, I guess Aurora is pretty far. Okay, forget that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, oh my! Uh, oh, I did a little Beecher research just to make sure. Uh, they're two way, which is interesting. Um, so they won't mm. be. Uh, they'll be or I guess would be in their way for a state glory. And uh, the school started in 1954. So Mike will be at or Beecher sectional final in March. And that be. I was also googling the. Um, 
I was trying to get a look at the school gym, but <laughs> I couldn't find it online. The school doesn't look particularly notable or old, so we'll see how that goes. But my second storyline is actually um, something else. I did. I, I'm going to interrupt you. I did uh, pull out an old hoops report. First one I grabbed out of my drawer, ninth, or 2002, at least my preseason top 25, West Aurora, West Aurora. was number one. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, that's what I, I mean. You, everybody kind of remembers that team. It was five D1 guys, right? Was the uh, was the deal? Um, yeah, I'm pretty into this this storyline. I think it's going to be the big thing I'm watching all season. It's who emerges in the public league, player wise. I think that due to the pandemic, it's pretty clear that unless you had money, or you were on already pretty much part of the world of the Illinois Wolves and Mac Irvin Fire and Mean Streets, I think it was really hard to get out there and get noticed. Cause the way that usually happens, frankly, is me going to some gym on the West side or the South side. The, a lot of these kids don't wind up playing in any of these things that cost money. It's just the way it is. And so I think I'm hoping there are a load of kids out there this season waiting to be found. And I'm going to do my best to hit all these teams and to get this done. But I mean, forget even like, you know, having a star at some school we haven't heard about much in the public league. We don't know much about a lot of the super conference teams. You know, we know the names at North Lawndale. We know Farragut's got some young guys. We don't know much of anything about Corliss, you know, because they got a new coach. Same at Bogan. You know, Morgan Park, we know a little bit. Lincoln Park, we know some. Westinghouse, Phillips. You know, there's going to be a lot of players in the super conferences that we just don't know much about. And I think one team that's kind of an example of this is Marshall. Henry Cotton thinks Marshall's going to be pretty darn good this season. And they've been pretty decent the last couple of years, just didn't get much coverage. Uh, 5'10 senior Daryl Smith, he says he can do everything. He said he is a name. I didn't put him on my top 50 because I haven't seen him, but Henry Cotton thinks he should be there. Um, he's Marshall's best player. He's got a 6'5 junior, J. Jawan Kozark, or Jawan, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, that he says is really good, and a 6'7 Joel Center another junior, Joel Brown. So that's size. That's a dynamic Marshall guard. Uh, Henry Cotton says they're going to surprise an awful lot of people. And I think this might be, a th I'm hoping this will be a theme throughout the year that we see some players rise up because it, it seems like our, you know, classes are a little empty. And I think the reason is because the city just hasn't played basketball. I hope. I, I mean, I have no doubt there's going to be a player or three that, just arrive out of nowhere that, you know, but boy, I, it, it has just been a slow drip of, uh, of deteriorating individual talent in the city. If you look at my player rankings, whether it be in the senior class, the junior class, you know, that I send out to college coaches. I mean, Mike, we, it used to be a, sometimes a quarter of them, you know, like take my top 50 and it'd be, 12, 13, 14, 15 players out of the city or, or more out of the city alone. And I just look, I think before the podcast and there was like six, maybe seven players in the top 50 from the Chicago public league, which is unheard of yeah. in my, in my top 50. So I, I hope that's the case. Um, Catholic League has strengthened. So there's a lot more oh, in the Catholic. No, there's so no question. I mean, the Catholic league is, yeah. you know, um, so I, you know, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about players and my, my storyline, my second one of everybody knows, and that's 
Something that everybody kind of gets into, and, and we've got a little added juice to it, and that's the player of the year race with Ty Rogers entering it. You know, I we always say it's wide open for the most part, but a lot of years it's not. And it'll, it'll, it, we can kind of force our way into saying there's a lot more players than there really are. Uh, and, and it's fun. I mean, I, I know Mike, you don't even bother talking about it until, and there's really no need to, uh, after today. I probably won't until at least midseason after the holiday tournaments and start kind of analyzing a little bit more. But, you know, the addition of Ty Rogers to a group of player year candidates that already includes Jaden shoot from Yorkville, Yorkville Christian and Braden Huff at Glenbard West, AJ Casey at young. Uh, definitely you cannot exclude uh, Nick Martinelli. Who's going to be for a, playing for a top 10 team all year long. That's going to win a ton of games, playing some showcase games and he produces big numbers. So Nick Martinelli will be in there. Uh, you know, it, I, I just, you know, how much fun would have been if Cam Kraft would have stuck around and put up 27 a game for Buffalo Grove? So it's going to be, and there could be a name that emerges, and this would be of the year that I wouldn't be shocked that that somebody that we're not even talking about now. So, you know, Robbie Avila puts up massive numbers. So I, I just think this player of the year race probably is a handful of guys, but it's dead even. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's a favorite. I really don't. I don't think there's a favorite going into it, and it'll play itself out, and it'll be a lot of fun watching. Man, sure will. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, it's hard to stress that because I, I don't. I, you tried to describe it too. Like, we it's always wide open, but at the beginning of the year, there's always someone that I feel like I'm like eighty percent sure is probably gonna win. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. But this year, that does that's just simply not the case. I don't know <laughs> who's going to win. I don't have any, like, I mean, I feel like, did you hear Brad Underwood say that uh, Ty Rogers was the Mr. Basketball favorite now? Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, planning the seed? And you, do you know or... how many uh, quote tweets I almost did on that to rip the Tribune and Mr. Basketball? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Did, we didn't have one? No, they didn't do it. Holy, I forgot all about that. Yeah, I, so I, I, thought, I, I thought, I thought of it last spring. Yeah. Kind of got teary eyed. Yeah. Cause I know you're a little, not anti, but you know. Oh, I, I'm out to kill it's, Mr. Basketball. It's yeah. Dead, dead to you. There's because, a Tribune award and I'm not, I'm working yeah, the Tribune. Right. Yeah. But from the historical perspective, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a shame. Well, they need to give it to us. Well, it just, yeah, yeah why, why, it's the I, Illinois I, I, Basketball Coaches Association Award, and it's ridiculous that the Tribune hasn't lost it years that, ago. That should be a very clean adoption. Yes. Um, before my time, I remember Taylor well, Bell and Steve Tucker talking about trying to get it. Well, who do I? What do I have to do? I don't know. Who do I call? At this point, it would be weird because I've been trying to kill it for so long, and now Can it's we, dead. We do <laughs> a, I know. Let's take it and retroactively uh have a who was mr basketball Max i forgot Christie. oh yeah should have been <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 he got gypped it's ridiculous yeah i mean it's ridiculous who frankly it's ridiculous who mr basketball has been the last few years let's be honest i mean it the, well, mark smith come on i'll never forget that one. what a joke 
I mean, well, he did go nuts. Oh come on, that's a it's a joke because he was uncommitted and then he picked Illinois. That's why he became Mister Basketball. It was ridiculous. He, he did put a, a, a monster senior year, monster. Yeah, until, I mean, I, until I'm not Simeon saying it's came to town. Um, Once you played anybody, you failed miserably. Yeah, that was bad. The Mr. Basketballs lately have been. But, but, but like your player of the year and, uh, the year that there wasn't one, or I don't even, I don't even know who won our player of the year of the year. Was there a junior when, like, when EJ Liddell was Mr. Basketball? Two years in a row, which was. Marquise. Oh, it was Dejuan Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that year. Did we talk about Dejuan Gordon as player of the year candidate in November? No. No. I mean, it was probably Marquise Jacobs that year. Um, and I think he might have won it, but he got hurt. Uh, Marquise Kennedy. Yeah. The other, I mean, like the Adam Miller, Mr. Basketball, come on. 2020, I mean. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, that's. Mr. But, that, I mean, it's a very political award. Well, no, I mean, but, but, that, but that's my point. It's because of how it was run. They didn't get enough votes. That's why those people won. You know, they just didn't have enough ballots. They, it's not run well. The Tribune gave up and let, you know, the well, IHSA and Matt Troja tell people to vote. You, you and know, I, 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 I'm not saying this sarcastically. I, I truly mean it because I don't ever look. Like, do they... They still cover high school basketball? No. Dead. No. Do they cover high school basketball? They don't cover anything, any high school stuff. The the pa- They own the tri- papers in the suburbs that do, but the Tribune itself doesn't ever. They haven't in years. It's been two or three years now. Okay, so I didn't miss anything. No. All right. <laughs> no, there's nothing to miss, yeah. But, I mean, I think I don't think the voters of the state are insane in making these horrible decisions. Yet, I think the problem is only people that care about University of Illinois basketball have bothered to vote. And that's led to Mark Smith and Adam Miller and th- these picks that are making this award look a little weird. And then there wasn't one last year. So, yeah, Mr. Basketball thing, it's a mess. But but you, you really don't know who I got to contact. I mean, <laughs> I want to get I want to get on it. It's the IBCA. Be, yeah, the IBCA. I mean, I don't know. I'm here bad mouthing them. They just were nice enough to let me into their Hall of Fame <laughs> this year. Uh, Matt Monroe at Ignatius. He does a lot with them, I know. Um some other people, but I mean, it's a lot of work. You want to take on the work? No, I'll just throw at you. You can do yeah. one more thing. I mean, I'm ripping the Tribune for not doing the work, but I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, but how much work can it be? Getting people to vote for this thing? I mean, I mean, I remember one year I took a poll. Like, I think I contacted what thirty publicly. Yeah, but I, but but, but but it doesn't take much work to improve what was a non-existent. I mean, I remember. They were down in Peoria in March, like circulating things that try to drum up business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was anyway. But the Mark Smith would have. I think Jordan Goodwin would have won player Mr. Basketball if oh. he didn't get hurt. Yeah, no doubt about that. But yeah, you look he, at like he, the yeah the point totals, like EJ Liddell. I mean, the old whatever. Adam Miller had 142 points. That's the only. That's like John Shire for comparison. In 2006, had 1,187. You know, they give yeah. like certain points. It's just, we just don't have enough people voting. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. And a lot of that is that there's a lot less media to vote. Um, just cause there yeah. aren't as many people. So that's part of it, but there's still the same amount of high schools. You know, every high but that's, school. That's, that's also a big part because the, the, there's, there's less media covering basketball, high school sports up in Chicago area, yeah. especially. Um, 
But yeah, well now you got me all fired up. We didn't have a Mr. Basketball winner. No. I guess they can blame it. They can say in their record books, COVID. Yeah, the pandemic. But there was a Sun-Times Player of the Year, everyone, so. Yeah. Don't worry about that. All right. We were on a nice time. I think we might have went over now, but that's all right. It was, uh. Yeah, I got a little team. I, I, I didn't see the Beecher thing coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Bobcat conversation, I didn't see that coming. And then my Mr. Basketball conversation, I, I did not see coming. Yeah, you never know. But I mean, I guess what he called Red Underwood's probably right. If you want to talk that, Mr. That, Basketball, Illinois gives Ty Rogers the. Well, in that regard, yes. yes. My, you know, you and I really, and again, everybody doesn't understand, no matter how many times you preach what player of the year, like what it really entails. Uh, it's not top prospect. It's not, I mean, it's a combination of productivity and moments and by and large winning. And, you know, some of these, I mean, Yorkful Christian is going to win a ton. Uh, Jane Shute's going to have to do it. You know, he's got a couple, a few high profile games that he could really shine. Uh, Braden Huff's going to have a lot of opportunities. My concern with that one is they're going to be pretty balanced. They're going to be blowing a lot of teams out, uh, where he won't probably have a, some huge, huge games. Uh, I could probably say the same for AJ Casey, you know, where Martinelli, they're going to win a lot of games and he's probably going to put up some, I mean, if you had a guess, the player who puts up the biggest numbers of the guys we've talked about at the end of the year, at the end of the year, across the board, biggest numbers. Oh, I think that's easy. Martinelli. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Maybe Ty, Str- maybe Ty Rogers might be the second, might come close, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and, and shoot could go, but they got a lot of shooters too. So but he's not uh, going anyway. to have the rebounds and the other stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why. Uh, yeah. So I know it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm sure there's several players and maybe there are people and coaches who are mad that their kid wasn't mentioned, but <laughs> oh well. Soon go, enough. Go earn it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and enjoy this week. Enjoy being back in the gym. With an actual game. Yeah, you're going to have to have your mask on. But that's a small price to pay for us all to be back there watching these games and having a real season. Enjoy it and have a great Thanksgiving.